Today we're going to be continuing our, our sermon series in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. From Galatians 5:22, for the fruit of the Spirit. Last week we looked at kindness with Pastor Lou. And then this week it is looking at goodness. And this is why I'll tie the two together somewhat. Uh, last week, Pastor Lou, very aptly, I listened to his message uh, on tape or on the... Very aptly, I enjoyed it. But it also, it was about kindness or crestos. Or crestotis is, is in that, that one. It's just a Greek word that can be translated a lot of different ways, but it's mainly translated kindness. And it's an inner desire, a sympathy with mercy and gentleness to consider the needs of other people. Uh, hopefully, they sometimes call it the milk of human kindness, because milk is meant to nurture young. And, and kindness, the milk of human kindness. It's, just like, it's like looking at somebody's plight and looking at their situation and saying, God, something's got to be done about this. I, I have pity, I have mercy, I have kindness. And boy, if the Lord doesn't put that in our hearts, then we just, it's all about us and never really about other people. God puts kindness in there. But today is goodness, and I brought a, a shoe with me. Somebody said, what do you have a shoe in the pulpit for? Because, well, that's a good question. Shoe leather. If you ever been somewhere and somebody said to you, boy, you want to put that, you want to put that concept to shoe leather? You want to make sure that's on shoe leather. In other words, it's, it's great to have concepts. It's great to have new ideas. It's great to even have the milk of kindness in your heart for other people's plight. But unless you do something about it, and put it in the shoe leather. It just stays in here. Shoe leather faith, I call it. And shoe leather goodness. Now boy, I see a whole crowd of people here today that can put Pastor Lou's message and the message today, put it into action. Because there's a lot of people out there that need a touch of the Lord Jesus Christ from his people. Shoe leather faith is certainly something that we need to be dealing with. Well, goodness, we're going to uh, be looking at goodness today. And uh, the goodness that God has, and then how we get it and how we give it out. I want, there's been a, a chord that's been going through all of these messages, and the chord is this theme. There is a major difference between a morally restrained heart dependent on the law. In other words, uh, um, I'm just going to do this by myself, my own effort, and I'm going to have the law, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to be, you know, maybe a person that is ready for heaven because I do good things. And, and morally restrained heart, dependent on the law, and a supernaturally renewed heart resting in the gospel so that the Holy Spirit is working through you. It's not a work of the, the flesh. We cooperate but it's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit of God Almighty. And when that happens, it's amazing. You've all been around, some of you have been around this church and other churches, when you, when you recognize really immediately that God is at work. He's doing good things through his people. Well, the source of all goodness or the definition of it. It's moral and spiritual excellence in here, displayed in generosity. It, it kind of has this thought, being good and doing good. The heart is changed by the Holy Spirit, and then we go do good. Well, it's, it's a, a Greek term, agatho, ag, ag, agath, 
Agathos or Agathosune, <laughs> getting my Agathos here, Agathosune. It's only used four times in the New Testament, Agathosune, but it really kind of has that which is morally good inside. You know the right thing to do. You know the wrong thing not to do. It's moral goodness and excellence. And now you have to take that out and do it for others. It comes from that motivation. But you realize, first of all, that God is the only one that's good. It's kindness from last week's sermon in action. That's what goodness is. That's what it was meant to be. And praise the Lord for that. You know, in some churches they say, God is good all the time. And then the other side of the church says, all the time, God is good. I've been in those churches where they sing songs back and forth. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. We won't necessarily do it today, but that's true. And the message is true. God is good all the time. Whether he is offering salvation and pulling you from the pit of sin and and error in your life and giving you Christ's love and you become a believer, or whether he has to judge sin, anything he does at all times is good. There's nothing in God that is bad. He doesn't lie, cheat, steal, do anything that's morally wrong. He's good. Ultimate goodness. The essence of goodness. He doesn't get... God didn't wake up someday and says, well, I guess I'll take a course on this and I'll become good. He is good. The essence of his very being is good. The standard of his soul is good. He always makes the standard, always reaches it, because the good, he is morally excellent and perfect. Whew. You want to see how bad you are is when you stand next to that holy God, or you put yourself next to it, and you're thinking, oh my, I'm in trouble. I've watched this goodness of God expressed by the Holy Spirit through believers, and it's beautiful. I remember coming here when I was a young 26-year-old rescue mission director, a salary that could, could not pay our bills. <laughs> and I watched the people of God in action. They'd show up at our house with big truckloads of groceries. I looked out and I said, Susie, who's this? Your church family. They're out there. And they're bringing food so the Jones family could survive this 35 years that the Lord has had us on in those early days. Thank you, God. I watched when when my wife broke her leg and fell out of my truck. I've never forgiven my truck for that. Because <laughs> it was all my truck's fault. But she fell out and she had her leg way up in a contraption. There's pieces of steel sticking out of bones. They drilled in and that was keeping her foot. And I felt bad. I mean, that was a time when I felt so bad for my wife. But then I saw ladies from this church coming down there, washing her feet. I saw you caring for her doing anything she needed you to do, redressing the wound. And I saw that, and I said, Lord, that's you. That's not people just coming in this house to do that. That is the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when that happens in your life, then you'll say, yes, I, I saw that shoe leather faith. I saw that kindness and love that they had for God and that the Holy Spirit put in there. And the Spirit gets the credit, the, God gets the credit, but he uses us. We cooperate and we love not because we're doing it for a bad reason. We're going to be talking about that. I saw a guy once at mission. It just, it just, to this day, it shakes my soul. Cal Noe was on my desk. He was a, a, he was a retiree from General Electric. Wonderful man. 
different spirit than mine. He had this kind, gentle, he kind of epitomized kindness sometimes. But he sat on the desk one night, and one of our really chronic guys who was nasty, name was, first name was Mariano, I won't give you his last name, but he came in, he'd always been out of sorts, but he came in one day and he had a cup of, he had been said no, somebody said you can't have that or something. He came in with a cup of his own waste, and he threw it in the face of Calvin Noe. And, you know, I went ballistic. I said, you are out permanently. Don't ever come back here. We don't want you here when you're going to do that stuff. I had to protect my staff. And he was out for a couple months. And all of a sudden, John Calvin Noe, his name was, he came to me and he said, Perry, God has been speaking to my heart. Now, when Calvin, who was near 75, came and told you God was speaking to his heart, that I knew I better listen. He said, he's told me that we need to let Mariano back in. Take him off the barred list. I said, Calvin, you don't know what you're asking me to do. I, I don't think I can do that. He said, Perry, I think the Lord wants us to do. So I said, yes. And I cried. And I said, this is only the Holy Spirit that would do that. Do you. Because it wasn't the nice guy he was helping. It was a pretty nasty guy. A little while later, this man was, was killed on the road. Uh, Drunk, I believe, and just ran over. And I'm thinking, Lord, one of the few acts of kindness and love of goodness that you gave him was to Calvin Noe. Have you ever, you start thinking about saying, Lord, what were the good acts? I love our pastor and his wife, you know that. One day, one day he went and visited my daughter and helped her in such a way that I just said, Lord, thank you. She was in, she was in a tough street. And I think, that's God. It's them. I thank them. But I, I thank the God that works through them in such dynamic ways. And Lord, I just want to see more of that. Why don't you want to see more of that in our lives and in the people? What would the world be in this area if the children of God listened to the Spirit of God and the goodness of God that has been put in there because they received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior would start in shoe leather fashion doing things that the world would then say, wow, there's something different about these folk. Well, anyway, only God is good. He has a standard that is so high. It's a standard that is perfection. The bar is infinitely high. We can't reach it on our own. We just can't. We're already sinners. In fact, some people think that they can. But we you know what we do in, in the world is we have a bar of what we call the bar of our standards. And we, we lower them pretty much, don't we? But mankind is not good. And Jesus said one day to a, a guy, he said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Christ said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And of course, Jesus was God alone. He was God the Son. But he wanted to teach him a lesson and say, listen, you start using those words, goods, I'm going to tell you about something. God is the only one that is good. The rest of us are flawed in our sin. We're corrupt. When I think of the fact that God cannot lie, the Bible says that God cannot lie. He promised eternal life before the worlds began, Titus said. Can I lie? You know, when the officer stops you and asks you and says, do you know how fast you were going? <laughs> and, 
And I said to him, this was me, no. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure you don't. <laughs> liar, liar. <laughs> Trying to get off without a ticket. I got the ticket anyway, okay. Because <laughs> even though I didn't so-called know, he knew how fast I was going. <laughs> Lord, you never lie. You never commit any moral flaw, weakness, sin. You are perfect. And that's his standard. You see, he can't lower it because our, we can't meet it. But in Jesus Christ, as you say, Lord, I am a sinner. All the sin you know, come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. No one seeks for God. You say, well, we do. Oh, no, you don't. All have turned aside. Together they become worth it. No one does good, not even one. The Bible tells us that. Because the book of Romans is trying to point a picture to you. You need Jesus Christ. He alone has got the righteousness and the goodness that he can give you as a gift. When you come to Christ and say, save me, God says, yes, he paid for your sins in full. And when he comes into your heart and life and saves you, he declares you in heaven to be righteous. Not because you did anything, but because Jesus Christ paid for your sins. The fact that no one's good and no one does good. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that. C.S. Lewis said, no man, no man knows how bad he is until he has tried to be good. So if you're trying to be good to earn your way to heaven, stop. You can't be. You already failed. And I've already failed. But in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, his salvation, it forgives me and he gives me a righteousness as a gift from him. And now the Holy Spirit begins this work of growing the fruit of goodness in you. Moral excellence. It comes from the Lord. It's from the Spirit of the living God. We can't take credit for it. But God does it. What a transformation, right? Supernaturally renewed heart. Resting in the gospel. And that's what goes on. But when you talk to people, I go into these churches all the time. And people will say things to me. I'm in a lot of churches. I'll, I'll talk to them about heaven and why, why would they think they should be there. And they always say, too many, excuse me, not all, but many of them will say to me, because I'm a good person and I've done the best I could, I'll be there. Then I have to gently say, no, we're all sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and that we're not good and, we, and our works won't save us. <laughs> because... Because what good works can't do, they can't save us from our sins. The Bible says, by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one can boast. When I get to the mission one day, dear, dear Dick Zandry, who's a contractor, said to me, Perry, you're down here serving all these poor and needy and you've done it for so many years. You're gonna, you've been so good that you're going to go right to heaven. What he said to me, I thought, oh my. I said, Dick, none of us are good. I said, Jesus Christ makes us good. Jesus Christ paid for all the sins. It's already been done by him. There's nothing I can do but believe. He doesn't know quite what to do at that time. He's thinking, okay, I, you know, because I, I don't want anybody to go away from me and think that just do good jobs, do good work, and you'll get to heaven. No, that's not the issue. But good works, what can they do? They glorify God. They bring glory and honor and praise to God. 
There's too many people that their standard is, is way, way down here. I talk to some miserable people on the street. I know they're in their sin, full-blown. I'll say, you know, what, what's your life like? Well, I'm, I'm all right. Things are okay. I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm a good person. I'll say, no, no, you're not. Christ wants to make you into the person that you could be called good in the Holy Spirit of God, producing fruit in you. He wants to do that, but you're not. But isn't it funny, when, when we don't use God's standard, any other standard will be all over the place, and it will be, unfortunately, a condemned standard. You can't go into heaven with that standard. Reminds me of a warden in prison. <laughs> he went down the tier, and he went to the cells. He was trying to see what was going on on the, get right on the floor. So he's in there, and he's talking to guys. He said, so what, what are you in here for? Well, I'm this, 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 and I didn't do it. I was framed. They caught me and they, the other guys ran and I, and I am left holding the bag. I didn't do it. Really? He said, yeah, and I shouldn't be here. And the next guy, I didn't do it either. I, they got me and I wasn't the one. I, I, I'm, it's not, I didn't mean to do it. I, I, it just happened, this and that. All kinds of excuses. I'm not bad. I was framed for this. I need an appeal. Work on me with an appeal. I want to get out of here. I'm not supposed to be here. So he gets down to the last cell and the guy is down on his knees crying. He says to the, to the prisoner, what, what, what are you crying for? He said, man, I've had time to sit in this small cell, and I realize I did all those crimes. I'm, I'm guilty, number one guilty. And I did other things that you guys don't know about, and I did them, and I never got caught. <laughs> I'm here, and now I'm looking at myself, and I just can't believe it. I'm so sorry for what I have become. And the, the warden said, okay, guards, get this guy out of here. I want you to take this man out of here. But what's the problem? If we leave him here, he's going to corrupt all these innocent men. <laughs> we think that way in our culture. I didn't do it. I, I. Boy, the best thing you can do, as one parole officer told me, said, Reverend Jones, I want you to talk to that young man over there. He's lying to me. You tell him confession is good for the soul. And that, he did tell me. So I went over to the guy. I said, stop lying to your parole officer. Confession is good for your soul. And he told him the truth. <laughs> but to tell God I agree with you, there's nothing in me of any value and goodness when it comes to being coming right with you. Humanitarianly speaking, the standards all over, and people do good things for people on earth. They have no, no value between God and them. They're not glorifying God about it. They're just doing good things. And it is what it is. It has some benefit to the earth. But before God Almighty, we're bad. But God has made a way for us to become good. It's called the gospel. To cleanse us, to renew us, to make us new creatures in Jesus Christ. A new creation, a born-again experience which says Jesus now lives in my soul by his Holy Spirit. And that's going to be it. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Jesus Christ says we're justified by his blood. We're made right. We're declared innocent or righteous before God. We're declared ones who now have the righteousness of Christ on us. And then God can start the work. Renewed in Christ. I trust that you know that.
Pastor Lou has spoken in the last couple of weeks that it's not that we're perfect by the means. We're not. But we're forgiven, and the Holy Spirit has come into our hearts and lives. We have been declared morally righteous before God. We have been brought before God, and Jesus Christ has paid our debt. And now we still have, we have this new creation, but we have this old disposition which says, I'm going to do some of the old stuff. And the, and the Lord said, no, my Holy Spirit is in you now. And he's going to produce fruit, all kinds, there's nine in this mess, in these series. He's going to start producing fruit. It's going to grow more and more and more. Make sure you do, don't do two things, though. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Because he may say to you, I got a job for you. He may direct your soul to, to work out something, and you say, well, I'm not, not going to do that. And you quench the Holy Spirit. You throw water on his zeal, the fire of his zeal. And I know I've done that some. And I know, Lord, don't let me do that. Let me work as that one who obeys the Spirit, as he leads us. And then sometimes we grieve him. Wow. Lord, help me not to grieve you. When he sees his son or daughter not living the spirit-filled life and the, spirit, the spiritual fruit produced by the Holy Spirit, Lord, this week, let me give you full control. The steering wheel in the hand of the Lord Jesus, his Holy Spirit, as he controls us, leads us, guides us, and then supernaturally does the work of God through us. Lord Jesus. Well, they do glorify God, though. He said, let your light shine. We tell the kids, this little light of mine, right? I'm going to let it shine. Well, they're going to see your good works, and then they're going to praise God. Some in this earth, and some when Jesus comes. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. God is at work, and and he created us, not just the creation of us, you know, as his created beings, but in Jesus Christ, you're a new person. You're a new creation of God. I love Psalm 145. I'm I'm just going to read that quickly, because God is good, and he is a creator, and he created all things, and he stood back and said they were good. But 145 Psalms, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. That means the guilty, though it means believers and unbelievers, he's with everybody. He is good to all. The eyes of, the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. The Bible says he opens his hands and feeds everyone. What a good God. Because of his moral excellence, he, his moral excellence causes him to take care of us, the entire earth, at all kinds of levels. But the greatest one was when he provided Jesus Christ for us. That's the best, most awesome thing God could do for sinners lost in their sin, which would be away from God for all eternity, and he brought us in as sons and daughters. Workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Well, we better keep going here. We're going to be in big trouble. Okay. <laughs> the sovereign plan of God. 
Well, we are we are not saved. We are not saved for good works, but his by our good works. But his plan is for us to do good works. That's just one of the sovereign plans of God. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God hath prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I think I overstepped where I was there. Uh, Okay, nope, I didn't. There we go. We'll keep moving. That's the plan of God for you and I, is to work out the fruit of that Holy Spirit, goodness, good folk. There's a lot that we have yet to do. This church has been known for many good works that the Spirit of God has done to a lot of you sitting here and other people that are coming, and God has a specific job for us to do. The Bible says that we should keep our conduct honest among the Gentiles, honorable so that they, when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds. They may see your good deeds. They're, they're cursing you out. They're saying you're no good. But then they see your good deeds and they glorify God on the day of visitation. There's much to be done. Of course, good works, again, they are not the, the reason why we're saved. They're not, in other words, the root of our salvation, but they are the fruit of our salvation. And if you don't have any, any good works at all, people wonder, are you really a believer? Because, you know, faith without works is dead. So we've got, we have the ability to show people what God has put inside of us. And this week, there's much that needs to be done for the good works. And he, he, is, he is just a God that knows that we can get a lot done when we depend upon the Spirit of God. And I'm, I'm looking for that to be done. The Bible says, it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So you've got a Holy Spirit in you, believer, if you've come to Jesus Christ. If you haven't come to Christ, your works can't save you. We've just told you that. That standard of God's holy perfection you can't reach and I can't reach. But Jesus Christ has, 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 has done it, and he has died for our sins, and he gives that standing to us as a gift. All you have to do is just open your heart and say, Jesus, save me. Be my Lord and Savior. I receive the, the good news, the gospel, that Jesus Christ died for me, and Jesus saved me. And he'll do that. And then he's got good works for you to do. He's got, he's got a path for you to follow. You're created in Christ Jesus for good works. Just one last thought about this. God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's great to know that God has planned years ago for you, hasn't it? That you were in his mind. You were in his heart. But he wants you to do good works to bring him glory. So that means we have to be yielded to him. Let him lead us. Walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, but fulfill the works of God. He's got them there. I won't call it a to-do list. Do you ever go on Saturday and your wife says, I got, here's a list, you've got to do this. <laughs> oh, my, I was going to play golf. I was going to do this. I was going to do that. Well, maybe. I don't know if you could call it a to-do list, but it's God saying, I have planned for you to do some things that only you can do, to meet people that only you will probably meet, to be at a, a place where you can bless them. 
but please be yielded to my spirit and it will happen. I remember my dad left a to-do list for me one day. My brother Chris and I, who's right over there, he said, I want you guys to weed that garden today and I'll be home. And the garden is about three quarters of the size of this room. It was too big and we decided to do other stuff. We went out and whatever. I think we fished and swam. And my father came home after a long day's work. He saw we didn't do a thing. My dad was given anger, so he jumped in his big Buick Electra and he ran over the entire garden. I watched him that day. He took that Buick Electra up and down the rows and smashing all the vegetables, smashing everything. He smashed it in the smithereens. And our neighbors watched. And they thought, man, that man's a piece of work. And of course, we were embarrassed. <laughs> you know, he might have said, well, I'm very disappointed in you. But no, he got in the Buick <laughs> and ripped it off. And God doesn't get in the Buick on us. But he, he's disappointed when the, the wonderful things he wants to accomplish to us, we, we fail to do what God wants. He said, now I know why, Perry, the way you are. Okay, yeah, that's, that's the way it is. Well, some specific areas start at home. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially if a member of his household, he's denied the faith is worse than an unbeliever. Boy, there's a lot of good we can do starting right at home, huh? Husbands, love your wives. Train the younger women to love their husbands. Children, be respectful of your parents. Love your mom and dad, mother and father. Honor them. And so on and on and on. Sometimes we fail there first, don't we? Wow, Lord, forgive me for failing at home. And I failed at home. But then you go back and say, honey, forgive me. I'm going to do a better job. <laughs> and the kids have to say they're sorry. Oh, Lord Jesus. Let's start at home. There's just much to be done. I know that we have in our church family, as we look around at different times, people struggle in families. We all have family issues. But... The goodness of God working through the Holy Spirit in a family will produce awesome results. I know Pastor Lewis told all of us, love your wives, respect and honor them. Children, we hear it a lot. We just need to put it into practice. Also, church family, we need to do good for each other. Opportunity, especially, we do good, especially to those who are the household of faith. Oh, Lord. Because I want to tell you, people watch how believers, he said, they'll know you are my children. They'll know that you're with me. They'll know because why? Because of your love one for the other. And so I remember recently, Krista Daughters down the road here, who was uh, our pianist at Westerlo Baptist for 40 years, died. It took a couple months for her. And some ladies in this church and ladies from Westerlo went there every day. And I looked at that and I said, Lord, this whole community is watching. She didn't spend it in a nursing home. The people of Christ came forth and did the work. Thank you, Lord. Because that is the goodness, the wonderful excellence of God Almighty working out through the Spirit in ways that the church can do it. So if you say, I have nothing to do, talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know if I got your list, but I want to be available to be used by you to bring your goodness to a hurting world. And of course, that's also at work, whatever you do in word or deed. That, you know, and that means anything at work they ask you to do that's not immoral, illegal, or wrong. <laughs> you just do it. 
in the book of Thessalonians, the Bible says, Paul said to them, we hear that some of you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such a person we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and earn their own living. So even Paul had to admonish people, you know, at work, kind of the work world, and doing good to all men, including the poor and enemies. He says, let us do good to everyone. Dorcas was full of good works and acts of charity. She lived in Joppa. When she died, everybody mourned. Peter came down and raised her from the dead. But people were there. They, had, they held up afghans and other things that she made for them. She was just a doer of the work of God. Well, the last point here. I'm going to hold you too long. But... Um, all of the good work that God has us to do, again, we've laid the groundwork that it's the gospel makes us good in Jesus Christ by his spirit. We're not good in ourselves. We've talked about the standards here. But someday, and it could be soon, and I don't know when it will be, but if the rapture of the church, which I believe is coming, and we all go home, we're going to have our work reviewed by the master, just the way the Bible tells us. The Bible says we must all appear before the judgment seat or bema seat or bema seat of Christ so that everyone or each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And the word evil there, it really means worthless. It's not the word kakas, which in, in the Greek is, you know, either you're good or you're bad or evil. It really means that which you've done that really did what God wanted you to do or that which you've done in the flesh, which was something you did and had no value to God. Really, that's what that means. So at this point in 2 Corinthians, we're going to go to the Bema Sea. It's going to be wonderful to meet Jesus in the air, isn't it? <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> I'm, waiting for, I'm ready for that elevator ride up. It's like, woof. We're with the Lord. We're transformed. Got new bodies. We're sitting there face to face with Jesus Christ, our Savior. This world is over and all of its, all of its trial and challenge. And we're with Jesus Christ. And then the Bible says there's a, there's a review. We'll call it, he calls it the judgment. Because back in the day of the Bema seat, many Bema seats were all over the ancient world. It was like steps like this. And back here was, a, was, was the official, the king, the one who, was, who would award the rewards, was on a seat. And you came before him. In the case of Corinth, Greece, where the Olympic games were, and the different athletic games, you came up because you ran faster than anybody else. And he was, you know, it was the award platform. And he came over and he put on your head a crown. It was a fancy crown at that time. But he put it on your crown and said, good job, you ran faster than anybody else. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that someday we're going to be reviewed. But the Bible does say that each man's work will become manifest. If the work that, has, that anyone has built survives, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. And, uh, oh, I see that we're just about out of time here. Okay. <laughs> I set my watch wrong up here for doing that. <laughs> going to receive a reward but then there's some because their works and what they did for God was done 
out of a motivation not to glorify God, but maybe themselves. And the type of work they did, they did what they wanted, but not what the Lord wanted. They're going to be ashamed. There's going to be shame at that, that Bema seat that they didn't, that those things were never rewarded. And then others will have these five crowns, which are in there that we are. You know, the five crowns that will come. The crown of righteousness, the crown of rejoicing, glory, life, the incorruptible crown, which is for those who love the word of God, and the shepherd's crown, and the different crowns. And we will throw them at Jesus' feet because all the credit belongs to him. It's not ours. We didn't do this on our own. It was Holy Spirit-led power that we produce this goodness and the good works for others. We will not be there, but shining for Christ or embarrassed that we had so little to offer. So it's time now to avail yourself of his power. Uh-oh. Well, I think I... Yeah. Believers' good works are significant to him. Because at a little later time after the tribulation, he has a similar ceremony with people who are going into heaven. The king says to them, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. Which means it was a grace. It was not their works that got them into heaven. It was already determined by God Almighty that they were coming by faith to Jesus Christ. But I was hungry, you gave me no food. Excuse me, I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. The righteous will say, Lord, Jesus, we never saw you come before us for any of that. He said, when you did the... When did we see you like that, hungry and feed you and so forth? And the king will answer, truly I say to you, as you, have, as you did it unto the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So you're out there, and I know your heart can do this. You'll say, why are you doing this? Because Jesus wants me to do it, and it's for him, and it's really, he's doing it through me, and it's for his glory, and he wanted to do it, and I do it really unto him. Oh, Lord. Thank the Lord Almighty for his grace and love in our lives. The goodness of God uh, is at work in our church. I've seen it. The Holy Spirit and his fruit. Lord, help us to have more of it. And if you're, if you're here today and you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, turn to him. Say, Lord, I'm not good. My standard is not yours. But if you will, if you will forgive me and give me a declaration from heaven that now I'm righteous... I've been forgiven, I've been cleansed, and now I'm right before you. I want to be right before you. And he'll do that. Father, thank you for your grace. We thank you for the goodness that only the Holy Spirit can do and exalt thee. This week, Lord, many people need to see us in that. Many people need to see the goodness of God in this land of the living. And help me, Lord, to be part of it. Help us all to do the part that you have planned beforehand that we should do. In Jesus' name, amen.